The portal, the beauty, the glimpse. Thank you for making the greatest decision of your life. This is Long Story Short, a podcast by our stories at the University of Utah. We're here to share student stories and update you on all the most important info about the U. I'm your host, Talmadge White, and we're coming at you from sunny Salt Lake City. Okay, so we're here with Chef Abudu at Cafe Mamai. Um, Cafe Mamai has always been my favorite food truck at on campus. Um, food trucks right there at the Union uh, most days, and I'll go get a jerk chicken or jerk chicken sandwich, you know. And I live downtown, and so I've been really excited about the new downtown location right on 49th East Gallivan Avenue. Um, so that's where we are right now, um, doing an interview, and yeah, so it's good to be here. It's, it's my second time here. I came in yesterday, and I was so excited to to be here in this new location. So, so yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks for doing this interview with me. Well, you're welcome. I, you know, I'm happy that you came in, and uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. So, um, so tell me what has been the journey to get from. Um, you're from Lomo originally, an island off of Kenya. Um, I've been to Kenya once. I haven't, I haven't been to Lomo. Um, so I'm, and then you came to the U.S. in 2001 and then came to Utah in 2016. So I'm curious to hear from your point of view, what has been the journey from Lomo to the U.S. to Utah to Cafe Mamai? That's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, Hundred plus years now. Well, my, my ex-wife, um, my first wife, she lived with me back in Kenya for a while. Uh, convinced my family that I should uh, uh, see our world after I leave Europe. I was like, okay, I was content. We got a back on. Yeah, to through. Well, I was in love at the time. I was living in uh, another city. To with the island in Washington State, and uh, and suddenly I believe a lot of different corners of the U.S. My uh, last place before Solid was uh, Santa Fe, Mexico. Oh, cool! Yeah. So when I met my wife in 2014, my current wife, um, she's a medical doctor, and Santa Fe is an out of medical school. You know, there's a few universities, but not medical school. So I was looking at where can I go and, you know, a city that I like. And I visited here. First time was uh, 2002. Our cousin was in the medical field uh, that has lived here for throughout the time. So after talking, you know, different places and friends and family that lives all over the US. Um on the lovely mountains. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it get pulled back every time, you know, and move somewhere near the ocean after a little while. Yeah. And they don't understand that part being from a small time island to yeah. owners that they pull back into the mountains. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, we had a conversation as a family, and she preferred here because it was either here, um, or stay in Mexico, and to like arm um, cookie, or uh, my other option is uh, 
Boston, Providence, Rhode Island. There's so many things, but it just felt more comfortable. Yeah. And yeah, cool. What part of and what part of Washington State did you live in? I lived there for a couple of years. I mean, we the island. Oh, is that kind of by by in the northern part of it? So it's not not as an hour north of Seattle. Oh, cool. Like yeah, I it the islands. Yeah, uh, Whidbey is the biggest island in the northwest. Wow, United States. Yeah, that's cool. So when you've lived in these different places, have you been working in the food industry there? I, I know you did a, you know, you owned um, an eco lodge and a restaurant in Kenya, right? Um, so what has been the experience? you know, with, with maybe restaurants prior to this. So originally it was adamant just to stay focused on my work. work. Yeah. yeah. So uh, after a few years, I was doing well in uh, uh, South Bay, Mexico. After a little while, you know, I don't like compromising uh, uh, what I like to create in terms of our work and all that. Yeah. And uh, it was on that direction. So uh, I had to use my other skill to make sure that I can still do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's food. So yeah. to pay the bills, I work at several restaurants, sometimes three different restaurants at the same time. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, so, uh, and I think it was about 2002 when I was in Mexico, a friend of, of mine and I started like, a, you can call it like a hop up or uh, whenever there was uh, concerts and stuff. Yeah. Take a food booth and uh, yeah. do that. Um, for anyone who has been to Santa Fe, there used to be a flea market, but that flea market was that considered the best art market in the world. Yeah, so, that's cool. You know, it's got those Tsuke Pueblos. And while I was showing my artwork and everything, um, we got to know the people there and we made a suggestion if we could have someone to make food. And yeah, so people start knowing us with our jack chicken and all that so over the weekend we'll do you know the market during the week work in different levels of restaurants yeah cool well and it seems like salt lake city has that similar kind of artistic side to it you know like we'll do some of those flea markets and farmers markets um you know i'm curious what kind of artwork you would engage with is, is the artwork i'm seeing here, uh, many of yours, or so I don't like to put myself in one box. Yeah, so I paint, I do wood carving, I do sculpture, I do, yeah. So, um, I've, I've crossed you know, in all different uh mediums, visual or, or you know, music and everything else. So when I lived in Mexico, you know, we graduated from like just pop up and to when I went up to build the ecology, my friend called me for the first time, actually get a brick and mortar and that was 2009. And, but I was back home 
you know, building halfway through the eco lodge, you know, one of the first of his kind in the island. So I came back, helped do everything to get one. Then I went back again. So it was kind of a back and forth. And eventually, 2011, I went back to Mexico. So basically, that the restaurant with uh, my buddy. Cool. You know, uh, for years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very successful. I mean, still is. Wow. Still learning. Yeah. Strong. Happy proud. My friend just got uh, nominated for James Pierre Award. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then, you know, as you've started Cafe Malai, I'm curious what what's the story there because I think that you know it's some of the most authentic food in Salt Lake like every time I've had it I'm like wow this is really good and authentic and um unique you know it's like an Afro-Caribbean kind of infusion you know um right and your words and so I'm curious what what the experience has been like starting that and and working in Utah um we did an interview with Dylan Cole from the IRC as well. Um, and I know the Cafe Mamai, you've worked with, you know, the Spice Kitchen. Um, so I'd love to just hear about the, the journey there with, with Cafe Mamai. So essentially part of the decision of coming to Utah was, you know, all the other different options that I was looking at as I was about to bring. Uh, I found the here it's the first time Hawaii from there. Uh, at that point, we first uh, son. Uh, there was an opportunity. Give you exact way it is now because yeah, from business was I was looking at where because I was running the restaurant. You know, my friends. So I was like, what would I do when I get here? So there was a spot that was very promising for me to come out and like take over the space and like immediately open up a restaurant. Unfortunately, that deal fell through. So, and at that point, you know, I was working on something else in Providence, Rhode Island, and having already said no to the other option because this was almost a done deal. Yeah. And I already moved everything here. It, it was just too complicated for me. Uh, to move again. So, mm. uh, when that failed, uh, honestly, I was, uh, it took me a few months to figure out, okay, what am I going to do next? Because, you know, that's what I love to do. That's what I like. You know. Yeah. But I believe everything happened for a reason. I had to learn the city because I was coming to a new city to create something that, yes, was successful somebody else. Yeah. You don't know how uh, quickly it can be or cannot be. You know? Right. Uh, it's not easy. Restaurant business, it takes a lot of, you know, it takes a lot. You know, it, yeah. You have to have an extra spine for it. Yeah. Um, so while, you know, that whole thing was going on, I decided, okay, I can't just sit and contemplate. I took several jobs, you know, I was working like three different jobs and then trying to figure out how can I do even catering, you know, 
before film in this month. And a friend of mine's wife had worked with IRC and uh, they had a spice kitchen incubation uh, that is mostly like it was created for refugees. Mm. So when I went and talked to the people there, they uh, essentially I didn't qualify because I'm not a refugee, you know. So um, a few months later, though, I got a call uh, that, you know, they had come up with another idea that they're doing a small percentage of New Americans, mm-hmm. immigrants. Yeah. So I was, you know, uh, one of the people given an opportunity to go and, you know, present, you know, wait to see, and then finally get chosen among the few refugees uh, to participate in the program. So that gave me an outlet because as much as I enjoy doing the other jobs, but it was, I knew that it's just for the moment because my passion is still to create, you know? Yeah. And even though I'm still creating, I work on all that, but uh, the one thing that can bring sustenance and something that you can uh, see the effect, so to speak, like immediately. Right. This food for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool art. It's it's kind of an art form in that yeah. way, right? It's an art that you can see the results really quickly, you know? Um, and, wh- and where does the name Mai comes from? It comes from your grandmother, right? Yeah. So Mai's, uh, when I was going up, I thought my grandma's name is Mai. I didn't realize it was a nickname, which, you know, uh, it made sense later on as I grow older. My dad and his siblings and friends that will be running around and playing and all that. It's hard, you know, it's yeah. tropical island. They come back, you know, and be like, mom wants some water, you know, so, but they don't say the whole, like, mom, all of say, mom, my, and my, and my, and so he, specific dialects from the islands that come from, uh, is water. So, my like basically mom can I have some water oh cool in a short form and all that yeah um, and so it came from mom can I have some water oh so, yeah when I when I was a little bit older I realized like alright that's not yeah but for me like you know growing up in a culture where men are in the kitchen and mm. I was curious why you know, I remember cooking hands probably maybe set or maybe younger in between those ages, but I'm asked to make, you know, chai in the morning. Yeah. And um, I grew up with my grandma, you know. Uh, I lost my mom when I was a baby, so yeah. my grandma house is always full, you know, like yeah. every one of her kids, you know, either first or second born is living there, you know. Yeah. And whenever you had like your mom or your dad, you're like biological parent, if they're like, you know, very strict, you know, if you go to grandma you can get away with yeah. things. Right. Also I grew up with tons and tons of my cousins. Mm-hmm. You know? So when you ask to make chai for breakfast for everybody, you're talking about 20, 30 people at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
and you know, using the gusto, we say, right. you know, you get a value firewood and all that. So you kind of like taught a lot. It was beautiful. And the non static story in my family is uh, one of my to medical school. Mm. When he came back, you know, he didn't want to go back after he stressed him stuff because he didn't make the food. Mm. The food sucks. Yeah. And uh, we're from the islands where it used to be called the Spice Islands. Yeah. And to Zanzibar. So um, food has to have fight. So food has to have some spice to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, they, it has to have some soy. And, uh, you know, with that. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, when we talk about food, you, you know, coming from the Spice Island, I was talking about, like, my, my uncle, when he went to medical school, he wanted to print because yeah. the food had no flavor. Right. Um, so, I was like, okay, cool, sounds good, but you yeah, have to be a favor. So, what? Say, tomorrow I have something that I want you to wake up out in your mommy. So, I'll keep it. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Thomas, you know, basically, you didn't have to go back to uh, the university. Exactly. We more good food. Yeah. Uh, well, he didn't realize my grandma like made a plan right there and then. He paid uh, by the time he realized he was in the kitchen cooking. Yes. Yeah. in the culture for me to be in the kitchen. So it's like, no, what is going on? You know, I'm like, well, you have two choices. Yeah. You can go back to school. Yeah. And eat whatever they give you, or you can learn how to cook by the time school starts. Right. You know. You you know how to cook. Yeah, totally. This is until late fifties, early sixties, somewhere there. You know? Yeah. So then we got a very like traditional okay, it doesn't matter you boy or girl, you gotta learn yeah. how to feed yourself, you know. Yeah, totally. And that you know, and for me I think I build up that passion to them it's traditional not necessarily but uh Almost the pentacles. Almost every one of my siblings at some point went to boarding school. Yes, high school or college. Yeah, and they do not have kind of like nowadays they start doing the kind of similarities here. Like you do in Boston, you have an apartment that is not associated with this school. Right. Yeah, normally. They always have like dormitories and everything, so you're going to a boarding school. Yeah. So, you know, when I was in boarding school, remember we had like so I was one of them, you know, we were first in school. Yeah. And the school that I went to high school, this so was 14 years old, in a boarding school of 800 boys, uh, but about 50 of us, most of them said grandmother. Yeah. We were given like portions of and the foods and stuff and we basically have to cook you know traditional meals for home right you know so honestly that was the first time power to get for like 150 people yeah that's awesome yeah 14 years of course you get you know we had to take turns yeah so you have four people cooking today and were two meals, you know. Yeah, of the fast and the, you know, the fast more 
So, you know, so we had teams, you know, we had teams for the morning, we had teams for, uh, I mean, like, not the morning, but like break off the first, which is if that, yeah, we had the way normal, but so you figure out cautious, you know, you, yeah, it's between, you know, 14 to 18 year old boys, you know, right. so uh, you have a challenge, you know, like everybody's like, okay, what are you guys gonna cook for us? Yeah, come yeah. on, stones or berry. Yeah. So it's, I think it's one of the most beautiful things. And then the audience, uh, when I said back to the island, you know, with my friends, some did it continue with high school and all that. Uh, it's a very touristic area. So people take uh, tourists on a sailing boat, uh, we'll call them DAOs, and part of the package is like lunch, or if you're going to one of the farthest islands, there are the most beautiful islands called Kiwayo. They usually do like a minimum of three, you know, three days, two days. Oh, yeah, totally. You camp on the beach, so you gotta make breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. Like guest. So then, you know, the skills are getting built. So it's yeah. you're like, we wanna do, and maybe the crew doesn't wanna do it. They're like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm learning this. You know, you go home, it's your sister, it's your grandma, or something. Yeah. Hey, I'm make bills. How do I do that? So you continue to grow, you know, your skills and stuff. So, yeah. So you had a lot of these different experiences at a young age of how to cook, oftentimes for a lot of people, with different spices, and it ended up resulting in Cafe Mamai opening in 2019, right? So the Cafe Mamai catering started in 2017. 2017, yes. You know, I think it was about almost a year after I moved here. Right. So I was doing catering. And as I was doing catering, I was still searching and searching for uh, a physical location. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I found it very difficult because Salt Lake didn't have like the small restaurant. Everything you find is 3,000, 4,000 square feet. Yeah. So right. what am I going to do with this warehouse? Yeah. Was, um, I, I mean, I think it's still, there's still like, People are still looking for small spaces. Right, yeah. Because uh, I've visited Salt Lake many times because, like I said, my cousin has always lived here and it's, you know, right next door to New Mexico. So yeah, they visit, we visit. Totally. And every time I came, it was always like we go to buffet places. There's, you know, very few places that you can go just casually. Right, right. Um, so I was doing catering. I think I got my first license in Utah, I think that on 2017, early 2017, yeah. like that. So I was working, doing other things. I had two different jobs plus the catering. So as I was doing catering, uh, University of Utah uh, had done some event through Spice Kitchen. Yeah. And they really liked what I was doing. So the conversation started about food truck, and it was absolutely like, no, I don't want a food truck. I'm yeah. a restaurant guy. Yeah. It felt like I'm going backwards. Yeah. But, you know, essentially, uh, we came to an understanding with the University of Utah that they'll give me a spot because they, they were liking halal food. So then I got these to build a food truck. That's how we uh, came up with the 
food truck to be there. Awesome. I love it. So with the food truck, um, I'm wondering, you know, you talked about how your uncle went to medical school and there wasn't good, you know, stuff to eat on campus. I feel like well, one thing I've been really been blessed with at the U is such great food, right? Especially Catherine and I. Um, so what has it been like for you to, to be a part of the campus community in that way? Um, because I think it's such a critical part of the campus community to, you know, to have students have good access to good quality food, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, there's that uh, satisfaction, I will say, on my part. It's not easy. Yeah. I don't think if I didn't have the experience and kitchen from, you know, doing dishes and prep cook, land cook, all the different levels and having gone through all that. I think this all that being very easy to put give uh, what I am trying to give now. Yeah. Because it's a lot of work uh, it's really hard, you know. Yeah. And it's not easy. When I started at the Euro go for the whole lunch and make 20 bucks because nobody's willing to try the thing or all that yeah so i was working two different jobs just to pay to just like keep coming yeah trying to keep trying but to to give the best the most authentic and like the thing that i will i will put in my own body you know like yeah uh, some of the advices Respect, like I got a lot of respect for them. Back from the um, Spice Kitchen at the time, they had a lady. I give her a lot of prayers. She's like, "Your food is not supposed to be in a food truck. You're supposed to be sit down." Yeah, Kali uh, was an edge. You know, she was a chef. We are what no colors for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, she. I said she gave me that kind of uh, assurance and like maybe you know feel comfortable to sit on there, but like you know like no, don't do a full track. You uh, your food is it needs to be like showcased in a restaurant. As I was finding it hard, and I've done like I said quite a few things with the last a few days, special events and all that. Uh, and the opportunity presented itself, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll take the leap of faith and and eat this food truck. I've never done a food shake before. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, people want to learn a lot. I didn't know it's still live at the food truck, so you don't want to forget to close the fridge. Yeah. Um, we're driving, you're driving the location, everything is on the floor. Oh, yeah. Totally. You, you forgot to uh, close it to cover the uh, fryer. Oil everywhere. You're done with one oh, another four hours. Yeah, clean out, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not really easy, you know. And I started doing everything, like full menu. I I had to learn, like, you cannot do that also. You're waiting forever because... Yeah. You know, you have everything in the fridge, you stay yeah. to warm up, and it's, it was a lot. It was a lot to learn. And, yeah. And, you know, because I was 
very particular how I want to do things. And yeah, I really love that way that it was not, it was not always strong. You have to keep telling yourself, you know, and little talk to yourself, hey, it's not always strong. This is different, you know. Yeah. Um, then didn't know how, you know, the food shop world works and more. Have some friends, you know, you ask questions, but you don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing in terms mm-hmm. of it's not the food, but it's how to put it a food truck, you know. Yeah, totally. It's a whole different, it's a different thing. Yeah, you know. So, but I never stopped looking for an actual location because, yeah, partly because it's hard to have. You know, I like to have a control of my kitchen. I like yeah. to know uh, what's going on over there. I mean, I had an amazing two different uh, commissaries that I've used over the years until having a restaurant right now. But there is some difficulties, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have different kind of people that come through that, you know, it's temporary. Uh, uh, Places or whatever you had to do, but you are so hard. Something about you know through all the experiences that I had with the running the food truck. I mean, it's still at the food truck. Yeah, but you know the the connection you're talking about it is just uh, it gives you that satisfaction. You know, you get people. I let people literally cry because they mm-hmm. come from across the world. Yeah, uh, everything is you know, it's their first time in the U.S. They just, you know, the internationals too. Yeah, um, they're freaking out, you know, like how they've been here. They, you know, the culture shock, everything. At least when they have that meal, and it reminds them of home, you know. Yeah. Simple things like, like the Jamaican drinks, you know, a lot of people from the Caribbean. It yeah. just it just makes them automatically now feel like they are home, like they feel set up and for and you know, I what what I what I feel like besides whatever else that I do for the community and, and everything in terms of giving back, I think the number one thing that I I, I enjoy a lot is the fact that seeing this uh, Kids from everywhere, not just international, from other states. Yeah, and they they don't know like they used to like New York or right. California where they see different things, and then they here they get a focus on school, and they don't have the time to figure out where else can they go or yeah. eat things that they're familiar with. Yeah, um, to have that and and to hear back, you know and. Uh, to interact and uh, especially be part of the uh, union and, and the whole concept around it and yeah. the opportunity to like you know every now and then teach you know do some uh, classes that the union organize on like how to teach how to make a simple mural yeah but to somebody else maybe like oh yeah what well, you know, but for me, it means a lot because when the kids come back and tell me, like, hey, thank you, because what I was doing is just boiling rice or yeah. I was eating out. I don't like that now. At least, you know, I can do this, I can do that. Or they come and say, oh, I like to to put on the spice. What should I put? You know, like, yeah, talk to them. They're always the one cooking, you know. Right. 
I need that time. Yeah, I mean, like basically, uh, uh, people who don't, you know, like they they grow up in, uh, with family, like mom does it thing, and then they to a new country. Yeah, like the thing you is, they just curious, like, oh, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do this, what should I do, and all that. It, 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 it just it's just so good because they'll come by and be like, okay, I try to do this. Me, yeah. I'm always busy just like you always am craving my sandwich or craving my Bible or craving this. But just seeing that there is that tension that people are interested in all that, it just, it, there is that sense of like, okay, you know, this is good. Yeah. This is, uh, it's not just about me trying to survive, but it has that impact that people have been coming to the food shop from the first year till they graduate yeah. or one made school. Their families have easily been their first place. They could choose to go to a proper sit-down restaurant, but they'll tell them, I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I want to take it to a food truck. I mean, those labels, you know, right. I mean, people who are like very big in their uh, industry or whatever, because of the kids because they saw me one time and then you know and they keep looking for you and coming and choosing to do their things yeah. and then his birthdays or anniversary being chosen by so many people to do their wedding you know? yeah it's a big deal tell them yeah. that somebody choose you to do that that's the choice they make yeah um, so I'm, I've grown up with them in the sense of like since the food shop, people just came once in a while until like you know they start having kids. You know, they yeah, they come back when they have the baby. You know, they totally. You know, they, there's a lot of things that is. So now I feel like I'm coming part of the community. Yeah, aspects. A hundred percent. Yeah, and during all this time. I think it was 2018, first when I got paid to being the Salt Lake City business guard and all of these businesses and having to get to know more people in different aspects and try to help, you know, in the community in different ways. So that whole, you know, thing and the, the, like the full circle of it is that you know, we, you feel like, okay, I'm doing something. I think we have recognized what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, sort of food truck to be part of the same category with like restaurants. Yeah. Top three with best of Salt Lake. Uh, right now, City Weekly, you know. Yeah. To be recognized as the top three, you know, food truck against restaurants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I that brought that appreciation, hearing the feedback. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm trying my best to give the best I can, you know, getting feedback, getting yeah. out to know, like, what people like, what they don't like, and yeah. things, you know. So, well, now you do have this restaurant here, too. Yeah. You know, now you got both locations. Yeah. Or- yeah, so it's, it's really, really it's cool. It's really good. You yeah. know, people yeah. just pop by, but slowly. Yeah. They were already knew that now they, they know, like, oh, we got a place to like, go up and stand outside when it's cold. Yeah. Because you need something. So, and, and I'm all being like, you're a cranier, better community. 
how he's got some maybe shoots the yeah. autos as like right now plus going on yeah it uh, What's going on is for educating people. I'm a father. Yeah. You know, I cannot even fathom the, what this, uh, you know, parents are going to what these parents are going to these fathers and everything that is happening. I don't believe that there's enough solution to all those things. And, you know, uh, being on one side of their heart, right? It, it, it's just, it's that, it's not right. Yeah. It's not right because uh, history, history, some of history prior to uh, 1948, Jews, Muslim, Christian, they've harmoniously together. Yeah. And then what happens? And that's why, like, I don't know if you see Rabbi Bay got a few of these all over. All the place of so he's talking about this. This is not from me because I'm a Muslim. This is yeah. from a Jewish perspective. All yeah. lectures all over the world and yes. teaches about the days and everything. It's like, no, oh, this is not right. Yeah, and so I'm making noise about we brought our hostages. There's thousands of Palestinians children. Yeah, we have got a lot. And I include that because they're trying to exhaust. Yeah. They're calling them terrorists. Uh, and then it was called terrorists. And this fighting for his freedom. We talk about being a civil society, being, you know, they, they, the example of the democracies. And we're seeing things that absolutely the opposite of. You know, it's like, don't do what I do or like I preach, but I don't do what I preach. But right, after right. us, there's a lot of things that we have to talk about. Yeah. Well, yeah, I totally agree with what you were saying about the U.S. needing to practice what we preach, right? With us, you know, having some involvement and, you know, a lot of involvement with paying $14 billion, you know, to take the Israeli side. Um, and there is the occupation of Palestine and a lot of children dying. So it's been um, really horrific to see. And um, it's been cool for me to see students get involved and try to learn more. And so it's been really cool to see you post more about it, too, you know. Um, so, you know, are there any links you'd suggest for students to learn more about us or to support businesses that support Palestine? Um, well, I mean, in terms of things, there is a lot of books out there. Yeah, there's more 
Quando ele sai da Netflix, os mundos vão chorar as duas chaves. Eu estava feliz de ser o primeiro filme de um filme de
stormed the White House to say ceasefire because Barack Obama is Iraq mean. Yeah, all right. So how many times that things have to happen, to, to happen for us to find humanity, you know, yeah, and so form. I mean, those hands, I mean, I, I don't even have to give links if somebody really wants to find out. Just like now we find out the wrong information, you can find out the truth. Yeah. There's tens of books by American Jews, by yeah. Jewish survivors of the Holocaust. Oh. Then all like no, this is not right. I mean, for a co- for a community or religious group that has gone through the Holocaust, through all the tragedy that they don't want to see anyone else go through what they were. Yeah, I mean, the kind of things that is happening and people, oh, no, that's fake. What do you mean that's fake? But this is human beings, you know. Yeah. How can we be uh, outraged with Russia with the Russian Ukraine? And now be outraged in the same label. Yeah. The number of people who have died in like 40 days is more than the war of Russia and Ukraine. It's like not being able to change it. 5,000 over that. Yeah. You know, we had about 14,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 14,000. 14,000. Yeah. Had you already been changed? I mean, like, why? Yeah. Why? You know, I know why. Right. You know, but I disagree. And yeah. it's all about money. It's all about whether somebody that thinks conspiracy or whatever. Even now, saving himself at the UN, and then we're busy trying to put a pipeline. And that's what is the problem. Yeah, nothing to do. You are one of the most powerful intelligence. You know. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. That. You know, for six hours, you can respond for a bunch of people that are blind in a place where even when we grieve, according, I haven't been to Boston. I really want to go. I want to go to Israel and anywhere. Yeah. Only, uh, yeah. Runs there to go and visit. But I have friends always that are here, you know, they tell you that once they get to get out, they're never allowed to go back to yeah. So if it's not at Napoleon, what means that it is? I would love for somebody to invite him and tell me like what it means. Well, no, I, I think it's great to hear, it's been great to hear you talk about it, you know, and, and you know, we haven't really had a chance to go into on our podcast, so this has been great for me to hear your perspective, you know, and it's, I really think there needs to be a ceasefire, you know. Well, we have a temporary, but yes, we good enough. It's going to be completely like, why? Yeah. And if you try and get the hustle, why you keep dumping? It's the time. Yeah. Same thing, because then you say, Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I really encourage our listeners to to dive more into this too, to learn more, you know. Um, and and I, you know, as the situation unfolds, I, I hope we move towards, you know, some sort of, you know, 
too many people are dying. You know, one life is is too much. But but yeah. So thanks so much for going into that topic. Um, this conversation's been really wonderful, and we've had a lot of really cool, enlightening topics. You know, anytime and yeah, you know, whatever you need, just you know, you know what to find. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I encourage all our listeners to go to. Cafe Mamai, both on campus and the new downtown location. It's absolutely wonderful. All right. Well, thank you, Abu. All of us, man. Thank you. Thank you, too. Thank you for listening to Long Story Short, an Our Stories production. Stay tuned for more insightful and potentially life-changing interviews. Cheers.